Welcome to the Create Your Own Lane podcast, and I'm your host, Mo Williams. My first guest will be Cody Anderson. Cody is the head boys varsity basketball coach at Habersham Central High School. Habersham Central is located in Habersham County, Georgia. Our topic will be year one. Cody and I are both first year head coaches. We just completed our first year. So we'll really be diving into the year as a transition, leadership, things we've learned, and many other components that we're excited to share. Let's get ready to dive in and let's create your own lane. All right, Cody, welcome, man. Thank you for uh, for joining me for this first episode of the Create Your Own Lane podcast, man. Tell me how you're doing right now, man, just handling the whole uh, COVID-19. How, how are you holding up over there? I'm doing well, man. One, I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. Uh, anything you do uh, and you, you touch turns to gold, and so I just feel uh, humbled by this experience. <laughs> And, uh, and man, you know, we're, we're surviving down here. Uh, I'm in, in a great place, obviously. Uh, and, and if I've had to definitely change some things, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm made for a, a life of isolation. Uh, but you know, it's been a good time to, uh, to really spend a lot of time in the word, try to, you know, get, get a routine and, you know, pour into some, maybe some areas of my life that I neglect on a normal basis, but I'm, uh, I'm definitely missing, uh, missing our team and, you know, missing being able to, to get out and see people and socialize and, uh, you know, those kind of things. Well, I appreciate the compliment. Everything does, that I touch does not come to gold. Uh, but I appreciate it, man. And, uh, <laughs> just good to have you on here, man. I think I think something I want to tell the listeners before we, we dive into this is just going to be a different podcast from a sense of uh, it's not going to be interview-based. You know, we're really just going to be talking, and there's going to be some good dialogue between us and excited to dive into it. Uh, but before I get into that, you know, Cody, man, we have a really uh, unique background together. We we recently coached, uh, man, it's been a year, over a year now. Uh, yeah, it's crazy to believe. Time does go fast, but we worked together at, at Longwood University, uh, which is Division One school in Virginia, uh, for head coach Griff Aldrich. And since that year, we've both been blessed to live our dreams and lead our own programs. So, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some other things, and I think it'll lead lead us to some really good dialogue for our listeners. But let's do it, man. Yeah, man. Well, before we get into that, um, you know, why'd you get into coaching? I mean, I, you have a wide variety of skill sets that I know of, but maybe our listeners uh, don't. You know, so why? What led you into being a coach? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think that that answer really starts with you know you got to kind of kind of understand a picture of my life and. You know, I had a fairy tale childhood. I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, the, the families that are in the movies, man, you know, I've got two unbelievable parents that, uh, you know, are, are still married and, and, and always treat each other with respect. And, you know, uh, I've got some awesome siblings and, you know, just really had an opportunity to, you know, to do a lot of things as a child. And as I grew up and, you know, had a lot of uh, success, thank, thank goodness. And, you know, the Lord blessed me and, and my family in many ways. And, you know, so. I had this awesome childhood and I played sports all growing up. And then when I got to high school, uh, my freshman year, a coach by the name of Don Ledbetter was hired. And, um, you know, through that four years, his ability to change my life. I mean, my life was going in one direction. It was a good direction. And, and he just completely changed it for another. And I was so captivated by just that platform that, that I gave him, but then also the way that he used it. And I knew from that moment, you know, that, that I, I wanted to get into coaching. Yeah, and you hit a good point that I really want to go on to. I think the unique thing about coaches, man, is um, they they really touch our lives, and you never forget who your coaches are. Yep. I mean, there's teachers yep. that, that I had I might not remember, but I always remember who my coaches were, and, and something I'll never forget working at basketball camp at, uh, I think it was Wooten. It was a Coach Wooten's camp, and I'll never forget Morgan Wooten who uh, obviously one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game, had said the impact that you have goes far beyond an orange basketball and kids will never, um, will never forget how you make them feel. And I, I really just marvel that, that comment because obviously a basketball camp, you got a bunch of kids running around. Uh, some of them are interested in the game. Some of them are not, but he really spoke to us about 
knowing each kid's name and understanding that the impact that you make, these kids will never forget it. And it's just something that stuck with me. Whatever job I had, that was always my approach. And, and that was my that was kind of my my thought process with whoever I coached and worked with. Yeah. And, and I think it's so unique, you know, in, in like society today, authority is, is kind of a controversial issue, you know, and and kids, you know, like this is the these are the times of, you know, you do you and, you know, no one can tell you what to do and and these kind of things. So you got these kids that, you know, they, they won't even give their parents a platform, you know, of authority. They won't give their teachers uh but man, you know, if they're a hooper, like they're going to give it to the coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that, that I wake up every morning and, you know, have a heavy, you know, just a heavy feeling in my heart about because, you know, we have an opportunity to really impact these kids in a way that, you know, maybe no one else can. And uh, that obviously can be used for good and can be used for bad. And that's why I think it's so important that, you know, coaches really do pay attention to, to that aspect of coaching because, I mean, that really is the only thing that matters. Yeah, no question, man. Well, I want to get to, I mean, why is this, this podcast called Create Your Own Lane? You know, really what it's about is being able to create separation and understanding that everything we do in life, whether life, whether we want to embrace it or not, is a competition. And as I was thinking about a first guest, I obviously thought about you and, um, you know, you being one of the youngest Division One coaches in the country at one point. And, you know, let's let's face it for us that, that know you, you know, you're not the, the biggest human being. Uh, on, on the place of the on the face of the earth, and come on, Mo, uh, I'm the definition of average, man. Hey, come on, ex- man. exactly. So, you know, <laughs> if there's anybody that I know that's created the lane, the lane is you. And, and a quick story, man. I'll just never forget when I got hired at Longwood, and you were retained by coach, and I was really just excited to learn from you. But something I always took pride in as a player first, and, and also I attacked it this way when I was working was always wanted to be the first person there. I always like cutting the lights on. And when the day ended, I like cutting the lights off. And I'll never forget, I think it was my first or second day. You know, I woke up, I want to say around six o'clock, feeling good. I know where I'm going. And I walk into the building and the light's already on and you're sitting in there. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, you know, maybe he's just trying to create a good first impression. So, you know, I let it slide. The next day I came in, came in a little earlier and you were sitting right there with a coffee cup. So I was like, man, like the the way this dude is wired, I can relate to. And I knew right then that this was definitely going to be a guy that was going to be far beyond a colleague, but, you know, definitely saw him as more than, you know, just, just us working together. And I was really excited to, to get to work with you, man. No, I, I, uh, I can remember those days very, very well. You know, I think, uh, you know, particularly for me, and you know, you you didn't have to call me average, Mo, but uh, you know, I, I am I am average in a lot of ways, and you know, I found out early in my life that you know, man, if you just work really really hard, if you just outwork somebody, if you just do, you know, give a little bit more, you know, there is a, there, I mean, there's, there's that old saying that says it won't work unless you do, and uh, you know, my my journey has been such a faith journey. But there's also a big piece of, you know, you got to actually go out and do things. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, you and I are both morning people. And, uh, you know, I, I do, I believe that, you know, to, to do the things that you want to do to kind of go that extra mile, you know, you, you do, you got to get in, get in there and do the extra things and, you know, do the things that maybe other people won't do. And, and I get so much confidence from preparation and, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's in, been in every area of my life. And so, you know, getting that extra time before everyone gets in the office or, you know, staying that little bit extra late, you know, watching one more game film or, you know, reading that chapter one more time, uh, you know, those moments have always given me such confidence. And I think they're just such a key part of, of success across any profession. Well, and I want to go back to what you said, you know, it's the only thing we have control over is our preparation. You you can't control the outcome, but you can't control how you prepare something I'll share. With you, you know, as I, I told our guys this in the meeting the other day, I said, we can't chase results because once we get that result, we'll relax Yep. Be, because yep. we've already achieved the thing that we wanted. Let's chase improvement because when you chase improvement, there's always a little bit more that you can get. And and that's what you're talking about. That's the root of what you're what you're really, really talking about is that there's always a little bit more to go. There's always a little bit more you can do, but at the end of the day, only thing you can control is yourself. Yep. Yep. No, it's, it, you know, as you're saying that I'm reminded uh, early in the season, 
you know, we, we kind of got on a, a little bit of a skid and, and, you know, we, we were really focusing on, you know, that process that you're talking about, you know, chasing improvement, you know, but I wanted to give our kids a concrete example. So I said, you know what, man, we're going to talk about that rock cutter and man, we're just going to keep hammering away at that rock. And when it does crack, it's not going to crack because we just hit it harder all of a sudden. It's going to crack because of the culmination of all the blows, you know, leading up to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, man, we talked about that Mo for a week and then we played our rival Stevens County and, uh, and ended up, man, it was one of those games where, you know, we jump out to a lead. We kind of give up that lead, just a hard fault. There was adversity, all these things, but man, we just keep hammering away and we win the game. Mm-hmm. And, and after the game, man, I, you know, I'm so fired up and I'm like, guys, you know, you did it and you did it because of all these things. Well, the next day at practice, I walk in there and, and one of our, our sophomores said, well, coach, now that we've cracked the rock, what do we do? Mm. And, and in that moment, like I realized a very valuable lesson, you know, in my mind, if I'm a rock cutter, well, the second I crack a rock, I got to go find a bigger rock right. and I got to go start cracking that one. And, you know, just that disconnect that I think not, not just kids, a lot of people have of, you know, as soon as you reach a goal, man, you should be striving for another one. You, you know, there's never a moment on this side of, of, of the ground you know, where, where we can stop and become complacent. And, and I think people that are successful, you know, kind of, kind of have a drive to go that direction. Yeah. Is that the game where you were running around the locker room, squirting water bottles at the kids? Man, we run around squirt water bottles after every win, Mo. So the answer is yes. Mm, well, then your feet were a little, moving a little bit faster in that one. <laughs> but hey, background of a manager, you, you work for uh, Mark Fox, who obviously had a great, great, career at Georgia you played in high school correct I did yep so uh and then jumped right in very blessed to jump right in at the division one ranks as a uh, ops director of basketball operations right correct yep so yeah there there's a there's a foundational layer of being a servant and there's one thing that I think people that know you really really recognize about you is everybody makes serving sound so nice and convenient and it's the coolest thing in the world. But one compliment I'll give you here, if you think you serving, be around Cody Anderson. And I'll just never forget going anywhere with you, whether it's a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donut. If if there was a person behind you or in front of you and you had the opportunity to give to them or buy their food, you would do it. Where does that come from, man? Kind of talk to us about that. You, you know, Mo, I, um, you know, the Lord definitely gets the credit because, you know, early on in my faith journey, like I, I always just felt closest to God while I was serving. And that was, you know, whether serving my friends, whether serving those around me, whether serving a stranger, you know, whether serving at church, ser- you know, serving in all these things. And, you know, like those moments where you just feel God's presence, you know, you crave those moments. And, um, and I've always been drawn to those, but I also found that, you know, it, our society is so selfish and, and trust me, I, I'm a selfish human being, but there is no better, like, man, it's so awesome to see a kid who, you know, like he's thinking about himself and then you just go out and you just serve him and you serve him in a way where it's like, you know, like, man, why is he doing that? And, and, and I think it does two things. I think one, it creates an opportunity for ministry. You know, it's like, well, why do you do that? Well, man, I, I can't wait to get that question because I got the answer, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also, I, I think it, it does. It, it intrigues them to, well, man, like, golly, you know, he's my coach or he's this or he's that. But yet he's going to he's going to do this for me. Well, man, like, you know, let me look at my own life. Like, what should I be doing differently? Um, and so I do. I think it's I think it's a way to really, you know, relationshipize people and, you know, you know, really kind of kind of break that barrier. Obviously, it requires humility. Um, you know, in those kind of things and, you know, no different than, you know, going to be a manager at Georgia was such a, a key, a key moment in my life, not just professionally, but, you know, to, to really humble myself to take a true servant role. You know, I mean, the, the greatest compliment you can give a student manager is if he's, you know, he's really never noticed because that means he's doing his job. You know, right. that means that, you know, that those things are happening. And, um, you know, so definitely rooted there. I mean, you know, Coach Fox, I'm just so uh, eternally grateful for, uh, you know, him and the rest of the staff. I mean, Coach Pearson, Coach Hayes, Coach Palmore, Coach Johnson, Coach Davidson. I mean, they're, you know, I can go on and on, uh, you know, to really give me, you know, kind of a, a laboratory to really experiment, you know, this servanthood leadership thing. And, 
Um, and obviously, you know, it, it propelled and, and, and God did some cool things with it. Yeah, man, that's good stuff there. And, and I think, too, everybody, again, the word, the term is just thrown around so much. It'd be a servant, servant yeah. leader. Yeah. And, and truly, I think you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, one of the greatest servants of all time. We talk about the goat is is Jesus. But, you know, I guess yeah. my view of being a servant is whenever you're going to a restaurant, that person constantly not stalking you, but just watching to see, hey, if that glass is, is low, I, that that's my turn to come in there. You know, hey, that they, they don't have any more food on the on the table. I, I need to go in there and go fill that up. Or, hey, they just took a bite. I need to check and see what the quality of it is. And something I'm teaching yep. our guys yep. is, well, what does that actually mean? That everybody has a need to serve, and it's a con. You have to constantly be on and thinking beyond yourself. And we we oh, love recognition. We love to you know be told what we're doing and how we're doing. But again, the the greatest servants are the ones that, like you said, uh, you don't notice them. But if they're not around or they're not there, they're the biggest thing that not that aren't noticed. Uh, their presence is yeah. is is not felt. Be, or that presence is missed because they're not there. Yeah, no, spot spot on. And I think too, I think when you're talking about a team game, you know, obviously, you know, you and I both are, are basketball coaches. And so when you're talking about whether it be a team or an organization or a family, like if you're if your team is made up of, of you know 15 individuals, well, those are 15 innately selfish, you know, individuals in and of themselves. And so how are you ever going to you know basically blend and mesh a team together if everyone's just worried about themselves. And so, you know, where I think it's really awesome, especially as a head coach or assistant coach to really lay that foundation of servanthood, because it gets the guys thinking and it gets them aware that, you know, man, I'm not the center of this universe. And, you know, it's, it's impossible to be, it's really hard to, I don't want to say impossible because I guess it could be possible, but for me, it's impossible for me to serve somebody else and be thinking about myself. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, I can't do it. And so it really gets my mindset. And man, when you get a group of guys that, you know, that really enjoy and love serving each other, one, I believe it's how Jesus, you know, I mean, he modeled it all throughout, you know, his ministry on earth. But I think it starts to cultivate that we over me mentality. And uh, man, in today's society, that not only changes basketball teams, but that changes the trajectory of people's lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Well, again, hitting on the name of this podcast, Creating Your Own Lane, I constantly want to give our listeners things that they can, you know, add to do those. One thing that I think you do a really good job of, and obviously you had this background of coming from where you came from as a manager, but I don't know if there's a high school coach that has the graphics and things that you have. I mean, it's it's high level. You know, I know you're probably like, man, whatever, you know, it's just – some stuff I do, but, you know, it, it gives a look and a presentation to the eye of people where I'm sure those kids feel like, man, this is big time. This is different. And, and I think, you know, Coach Aldridge did a really good job of that when we were there. But, you know, I, I think a unique skill set outside of just being a coach is now the the graphics and kind of the social media of of our game right now. Kind of talk to me about, you know, just your view of that. Where, where did that come from? You know, what's something maybe uh, I get questions all the time from younger coaches. You know, what is something that can separate myself in order to get a job? And I think the graphics is kind of the, the way to go. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. You know, it's it's uh, I want to start by saying it's it was easier then than it is now. You know, now. Uh, you know, every every major college program in America and most most even, you know, smaller colleges have, have a certain person that's in their entire job is to create, you know, graphics and branding and those kind of things. And, you know, when I first got to Georgia, that was kind of right at the beginning where, you know, kind of creative graphics were just kind of beginning. And so, you know, it was kind of a new thing, but it was one it was, you know, talk about creating a lane. It was one that I saw early on you know, hey, man, if I, if I really dive into this and I really, you know, be able to use Photoshop to create these things, I, I can carve out, a you know, a lane with value. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful that I did it because, you know, I, I think that I think graphics and video are the two things that all young coaches that want to grow in the profession, you know, should become really proficient in. 
um, because the game and just recruiting in general, you know, they're two, they're just two large components that, uh, you know, that everyone, everyone needs. And, uh, you know, that, that definitely, definitely helped me out, you know, not just at, at Georgia, you know, creating that lane, creating that niche, you know, fi- being able to contribute value, but then it had a, you know, huge part of me, you know, getting the job at Longwood right out of college and, uh, you know, obviously being retained by Coach Aldridge. And then, you know, now we're able to do some cool things. And, you know, even though, you know, we're trying to get our kids not to be selfish, they all love things about themselves. Yeah. And so, you know, here at Habersham Central, to, to be able to, you know, to have an all-region player in Malachi Dooley and, and to, you know, put together a really cool graphic, uh, you know, that, that him and his family, you know, is really special to them or, you know, create different things, you know, throughout the season just to generate excitement you know, I think there's extreme value there and, and it really is a, a great area. Uh, and one that, like I said, I, I think it was a little bit easier for me than it would be today just because, you know, of how much it's grown. It was kind of new at the time, but, but I still think it's a very valuable skill set. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, this, this podcast isn't just about basketball. We're hitting a lot of it because obviously we're basketball coaches, but you know, I, I think too many coaches worry so much about a title to add value. You know, I, I think all you need is the platform. And from there, you got to find your own way to add value. No one ever told me on any staff, man, love these kids, get to know them. That was just something mm-hmm. I realized, hey, that's a need that I can serve. I need to be elite in my role and focus on that. And, and I think as well, you know, everybody becomes so focused on what's next, what's next, what's next. Uh, there's a great quote by Jim Trussell that just talks about, you know, work there as if you'll be there forever. Because when you have that mindset, you're going to constantly be thinking of new ways and new things you can bring to the table. And and I think you you obviously had that. And it sounded like the timing of when you started to learn how to do that was huge as well. Where, Like you said, it's a lot more common. So, yeah, absolutely. And I would just encourage, I mean, any no matter what profession you're in, you know, find a way to put points on the scoreboard. And, you know, obviously to use a basketball analogy, I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of different ways to score points. You know, there's a lot of different uh, uh, point values and different things like that. But man, fi- find the niche, find the area that you can bring value and put points on the scoreboard. And you know, you talk about uh, really transcending titles. You know, go, go add value, and I guarantee you that title is going to change. Yeah. Year one, Habersham Central basketball head coach Cody Anderson. If you had to summarize it in one word, what would it be? And you're going to hold me to one word? Got to, man. Man, all right. Well, I got so many words. But, you know, the word that, that really jumps out to me is really just rewarding. Um, you know, this opportunity, uh, you know, to come back to my alma mater and, you know, to, to take over a program that's, you know, struggled the last few years and, you know, has gone through a lot of coaching changes and, uh, you know, has kind of just, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, winning, but also just, you know, maybe some cultural things, you know, just really, really been a difficult time uh, to come back to obviously, you know, a place that, that, that is near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, my sister as a senior here uh, was just special. And so to be able to, to get back into my family, that was rewarding. Um, but then also, you know, just these kids to have your own program, like just so rewarding, you know, the, the things that we did that worked so rewarding, uh, the things that we did that didn't work, you know, that we were able to, to realize, hey, okay, this is, you know, this has got to be fixed. And, you know, to go through that together was just rewarding. I mean, to to be humbled and, and understand, you know, man, you don't know as much as you, as you thought you did, but you're, you know more today than you did yesterday. And, you know, that's just so rewarding. And so, you know, the ups and downs, um, you know, of just just building a program and doing life and, and it's okay that it's not, it's not a finished product from day one, you know, the, the chance to, to really build it. Uh, it's just so rewarding. And so I can go on and on, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. Yeah, That's a good word, man. I know for me, mine is dig. And when in doubt, when you're frustrated, dig, go deeper, yeah, pour yep. deeper, give more, and I got good advice. I don't remember where I got this from. Maybe it was from my parents. My parents are great. Or maybe it was from my wife. She's also great. Uh, but she is. She is very great. Talk about overachieving. For sure. But, uh, you know, just I remember hearing this and it was people need to see you being see who you really are when you're not having success, because it's yep. easy for you to be happy and all these things when you are. And it's very hard when you're not getting that result 
to constantly be digging, to constantly keep loving, to constantly keep teaching. But that was our focus this year. And I, I knew what I was walking into. I knew it was a situation for me where it was putting your hard hat on and getting your shovel and your gloves and being ready to dig and lay down a foundation. But I love this place. It was a place for me where I was looking to stay somewhere long term. And I'm very blessed to be back here after being an assistant here for, for a year. And uh, I, I knew that it was going to be a year where we needed to lay down a foundation and dig where people might not see it because people see what's above ground, not below ground. But eventually when we look back at it in a year, four years, 10 years, we can look back at it and say, wow, look at the foundation. If it wasn't for the foundation, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, no. And that, you know, I think it's so, you you know, when I think about you and, and just our friendship, I mean, like you, you truly do invest in things that you want to last and, you know, I think obviously there's, you know, there's the parable in the Bible of, you know, the the house that's built on a solid foundation of rock and the one that's built on sand. But, you know, we so often want instant gratification these days. And man, like true sustained success, like that's what we're after, you know, and, and that's in all areas of life. And no, I think dig is such a man, it's such a, such a great word, especially for a year one uh, of a program, because. Man, there's a lot of digging below the surface that has to happen. Yeah, for sure. Biggest takeaway from this year, I'm sure the the good thing of this this thing we're going through right now is time. We always talk about yeah. how we don't have time, and we, we use that as a very, very common excuse. And we have all the time in the world right now to tackle these these New Year's resolutions we may have, these statements we've been saying these habits we need to break, these new habits that we need to add on. But time is of the essence right now. So as you're using this time, which I'm sure you are, to evaluate yourself and your team and your program, you know, what's some biggest takeaways you you, you take from this year? Yeah, I think, you know, man, you know, talk about pulling a positive out of, you know, what what can be a very bad situation. I mean, this has given all of us, you know, regardless of profession, a chance to really dive in and self-evaluate. And, you know, obviously as a basketball coach, I mean, I've, you know, I've gone back and I've rewatched every game I've, you know, had, you know, end of the year meetings with players and staff and, you know, constantly just trying to figure out ways that we can be better. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, in year one, I, I think you, you know, you're, you're, you say you're committed to, you know, obviously wanting to build it in long term, uh, but, you know, you, you, you have pressure to, you know, to have some, some results early on. And, and so, you know, maybe, maybe you shortcut the teaching at times. And, you know, I thought, I thought our staff did a pretty good job this year of really being committed to, you know, really teaching the game and teaching the kids, like, you know, this is what we want to be about principle based. And, um, but I do think there were some areas, you know, of things that, you know, you know, that we shortcutted and, you know, I really, really want to challenge myself and our staff to, you know, don't be afraid to teach the game. And especially at the high school level, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, our job is to, you know, is to build these guys, you know, into, into solid basketball players and continue to get them better individually and, you know, continue to help them mold and, you know, into a team environment and then hopefully go out and be, you know, productive members of society and whatever, you know, avenue they choose. Um, but, you know, just really staying committed to teaching, um, you know, I, I've showed you and you know me, you know, I think, I think when, <laughs> Whenever we have areas where we're experienced or we feel prepared, we're more confident in being simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the areas where, where we don't feel as good or prepared, you know, we tend to try to do more to overcompensate. And, uh, you know, my, my background in coaching has, has been primarily on the defensive end of the floor. And so, you know, I thought we were very principle-based and we were a very good defensive team this year because of it, I believe. You know, our kids knew exactly what we expected. And, uh, you know, and it was very simple and concise. But man, on the offensive end of the floor, I mean, I shared our our play sheet with you a, a few days ago, and uh, I mean, it, it looks like an NBA. I mean, I'm embarrassed with how many sets and actions and series. Well, it looked and, good. It looked good. You know, like, you know. Oh, it looks fantastic. No, it's impressive for it sure. Great. But it, it's not what my team needed, and uh, you know, so this time has given me the chance to really dive in. You know, you know, just like I have my, my core. 
fundamental principles on the defensive end? You know, what are my core fundamental principles on the offensive end? And, uh, and so, I, you know, I'm excited to be much more simpler next year, but I think, I think we'll be much better because our kids will, you know, just like, no different than you and I, you know, they'll have that confidence because of their preparation as well. Um, and then the last thing I would say is just, you know, video. Uh, you know, I think it was something that, that is not utilized a ton, uh, you know, at the high school level, obviously that's, you know, a lot of my background as well. And so just, you know, really tried to teach the kids how to watch film, you know, because it's so different than just watching a game as a fan or watching a highlight tape. Um, but I think it could be so valuable, you know, for, for kids at the high school level. And so just, you know, really focusing also on, you know, using film as a tool to help them in their development. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about talking about our conversation where you show me a playbook. You know, something I told you, and you already know this, obviously, but simplicity wins. And, yep. you know, yep. I know the teams at our level that are really good. I don't think they run a lot of plays. It, it just – it's a free-flowing, just constant, uh, reactive, and all five guys know if you take this away, they know how to – they know that we should do this. And, you know, that's something I just – that's something I just had to grow into. I, I literally just threw away yep, yep. some of the plays we were doing and just said, hey, let's just focus on this. Let's just do this every single day, and, and we'll get better at it. And then something I could add to that question, man, is um, you're never ready. You're never ready to step into these, yep. these roles. Yep. You, you can you can prepare yep. as much as you want. And this was a very big, big year for me because not only was I growing into that, but I was growing into being a dad and, you can read all the stuff that you want. You can talk to as many people as you want, but you're never really ready. You have to grow into it. And just yep. like there's phases yep. of us growing as human beings, there's fo- there's phases in us growing into these roles that we want to have. And you're going to have to learn from your failures. and You're going to have to learn from evaluating, so using your film. And then you got to have people around you that you trust that are telling you, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And and, and that yeah. was something yeah. for me. I mean, I could tell you I had a sweet book, I had every philosophy you can think of, but it never went, it never really went the way it looked in that book. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no doubt. And I think, I think that's, I mean, you know, you and I could talk for 30 minutes on that by itself. I mean, you, you are never ready. And the beauty is, the ones that are really successful are the ones that, that are okay with that fact. You know, the ones that are secure in themselves, you know, that, that, that know that, Hey, there, there's a leap of faith involved here where, you know, I'm going to trust that, you know, the experiences that I have have put me in a position to grow into my current position, but you know, no different than you and I both. I mean, you know, we're going to be better coaches for our kids next year than we were this year. And, you know, I'm going to be a better coach tomorrow than I was today. You know, you know, that's the hope and the plan. And, and that's what we work towards. Um, but you're right. You know, man, you're never going to be ready because you haven't done it. And, you know, but as long as you're secure in who you are, in your experiences, and you know where your faith truly lies, you know, that I believe that, that that's where you're exactly right. You just grow into that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being back a drama mater, man, you went to school there played basketball there. You mentioned some football briefly as well. What's it like being back there? It's obviously much different from being in Farmville or or being in Georgia at a manager role, but what's it like being back there and being in that role that you're in now? Yeah, it, it's it's such a blessing, man. It's one that I, you know, I, I'm just so honored to do, and I feel so lucky. I feel somewhat unworthy a, a lot of the time, you know. And, and I'm sure you feel a lot of the same things, you, you know. When you're obviously your first time being a head coach is special, but to have a chance to do it in a place that means so much to me, um, you know, to be able to walk into my office, which was the, the exact same office that you know the the coach that changed my life, you know, sat in himself. I mean, that's that's pretty humbling, and you know to to obviously grow up in the community and know, you know, know what, what the team means to the community and the, and the support. And, you know, obviously, you know, as, as always, you know, there's perks being the head coach and uh, you know, just having people really excited about you being there and, you know, supportive and, you know, people that you haven't seen in a long time. And, um, and then too, and then kids, you know, I think it's cool that, you know, our kids, I, I hope that they can, you know, they can look at me and say, man, you know, I can, I can go chase and achieve my goals too, you know, because I, I was in their shoes, it's been longer than I really want to admit, but it hasn't been that long, um, you know. And so it, it it's special, man, you know. But, but I will say, you know, my dad, I laugh all the time, you know, coming home is special. 
Um, but as he told me when I was thinking about taking the job, you know, anytime in life you can always go home. But if you go home and it doesn't work, there's nowhere to go. Uh, and yeah. so uh, I, I don't think he was prophesying. I think he was just being, you know, telling a joke there, or at least I hope so. Um, but no, it's been it's been special, man. I, I don't know if I could ask, uh, you know, just for a, a, just a better time in my life, man. Yeah. The biggest mistake I see, man, and when people make moves is they search for a job and they're not searching for yep. alignment. And for yep. you, I, yep. I'll never forget when you brought that to my attention of wanting to make that move back there. And you're like, man, I know it sounds crazy, all these things. And I'm like, no, it doesn't because it aligns with who you are. So it might sound crazy to someone that doesn't truly see your alignment and how you're wired, but you didn't search for a job. You were searching for alignment. And, and yeah. because of yeah. that, it made sense for, for me, you know, searching for alignment, you know, people might not know this, but the same job that I have was the same institution when I was a, a college student pursuing to play college basketball as the institution that I was cut from. So the exact yeah. same yeah. office that is mine was the exact same office. I was told that you can't play here. So mm-hmm. it all goes back to that. Your steps are ordered. And the plan for your life is far beyond what you can see, but you just have to keep focusing on what's what's in front of you, focusing on your faith and, and truly what when you can't see something that that God is truly up to something. And for me, uh, I did, you never understand it when you're going through it, but you only can understand it when you look back at it. And that's why where I am is so special to me. And that's what I was being aligned for. I have it has a meaning to me far different than any other job that I was searching for. Yep. And it's the same yep. thing with you. Yep. No. no. And, and, you know, Mo, one takeaway that anyone that listens to this, you know, I hope they I was very skeptical at first. But, you know, my whole life, like when it comes to basketball, I write down everything. I've got a journal. I mean, I write it all down. I got a book, you know, and I've got tons of books that I filled up and. But I was really challenged, um, you know, about two years ago um, by the pastor at New Life Church in Farmville, Virginia, um, Bill McIntosh, to to really start journaling, you know, kind of my, my faith and, and my devotions and, you know, and kind of basically my journey with Christ. And and what was cool was you're exactly right. You're sitting there in that office every day and you're telling me, you know, you know, basically, you know, that alignment, searching that alignment. Well, I was able to look back on when I'm contemplating this move to, 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 to leave my dream of being a division one coach and go be a high school coach. I was able to look back and, you know, God had been working on that for over a year. You know, just the, the, the journey that he had me on, I wasn't able to see it in the day to day. But as I look back on that, uh, you know, it, it, it really confirmed for me that this was this was like you said, it was more than just a job. And uh, I, I think it, it takes vulnerability. It takes humility to, to really open yourself up to doing the journaling. And like I said, I, I'm telling everyone that's listening, I was completely against it too. I said, men don't journal. Uh, but, but that's not true. And it's been such a blessing and something that, uh, that, that I will continue doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think that's good, man. It's always just puts things in a different perspective when it goes from your head to being in front of you and putting it down on a piece of paper. So, you know, I think that's yeah. also just a good practice to, to do so i definitely credit you on that one man i got some rapid fire questions for you man we're gonna we're gonna switch up the flow of this here i hope you're ready uh, i'm i hope i'm ready too all man. right man, i'm gonna put you on the edge of your seat coach all okay. right man. all right but what are some things that you've that you've been taught as a player some things that you've heard as a coach where now being in leadership of your own program you feel aren't necessary or kind of scrapped out of your 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 playbook or your routine? Man, that's, that's a great question, Mo. Uh, you know, obviously the game is always changing. Um, but the first one that comes to my mind is, you know, all growing up, it didn't matter what level of basketball it was, man, we spent so much time on the technique of a closeout. Mm. And as a defensive coach, man, I think closeouts are the most difficult thing on the defensive end of the floor. Closeouts in transition, I really do. But, man, Mo, I had the prettiest sprint halfway, shuffle my feet, 
break down, you know, swing my arms back so I can swing them up. I mean, it, it was a perfect closeout. Mm-hmm. But then I had whiplash because my neck was turning so quick watching that guy blow by. <laughs> okay. And man, you know, now that, that I have my own program and I've obviously, you know, seen some other coaches like, Man, I'm not necessarily as concerned in how you do it. All I know is you got to arrive on the catch. You got to have high hands to active hands. We're going to take away any uncontested three, and then you got to guard your yard. You cannot get blown by. If you do those things, I don't care if you chop, don't chop. I don't care if you chop the whole way there. You know that 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 does not bother me one bit. Um, you know, so that that's definitely the first one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, the other one is, you know, just. I, and I believe in fundamentals, especially at the high school level, you know, but I believe really good players can can see a play and make a play, you know, on the move. And um, that obviously doesn't mean that I'm going to let every kid in my program, you know, make a one handed pass or, you know, make a play that's not off two feet. But the really good ones can. And, and there are going to be some situations, whether it's pick and roll, whether it's, you know, attacking the basket where like you've got to see a play and make a play. And uh, I just believe in, you know, allowing good players to have the freedom to do that, you know, maybe more than more than I have before. And then the last one I would say is, you know, I grew up and I was taught inside foot pivot on, you know, basically all all shooting, you know, all catching those kind of things. And that that worked for me. Um, But I don't know, you know, I don't really emphasize that as much with my kids. And this is something that's changed even over the last year, you know if a kid is a good shooter and he is naturally, you know, left foot pivot every time, I'm not going to mess with him. You know, if there's a kid that, that that's kind of a, a hop guy and he's a good shooter, like I'm not really going to mess with, it. I don't think it makes uh, drastically that big a difference. And, and the last one I would say is, you know, all growing up, I was told, you know, do not dip the ball when you shoot it. And I mean, I look at, you know, Steph Curry, who he dips the ball when he shoots it, you know, yeah. and, uh, I think there's a level to where, yeah, too much is too much, but, you know, there's momentum in the game. And, you know, those are the things that I think I, I was told my whole life that I've just been, you know what, I I don't know if they have as much merit. I don't know if that's the game's changed or if my view of the game has changed. Yeah. No, I think that's – I think those are all good things. I know for me, mine has really changed just with our communication. And, you yeah. know, I've just always heard, man, you got to be focused. Man, we need to be tough. Man. You got to do this. And the louder as a coach you were, it gave off this confidence and demeanor that you have control over your team where I I don't do those things. And maybe I get a rap of not being as competitive, but I I use the toughness thing. And instead of just saying, hey, we're not tough, it's more of, hey, Cody, that's not a toughness play because you didn't put your forearm into his chest and drive him back with both arms up, 10 fingers uh, up towards the rim, ready to go get the basketball. He beat you to that. Eliminating yeah, yeah. general vocabulary in our in our talk as coaches and telling our guys exactly what they want. You know, I, I can't – I can always just think of practices where I was a player or even as a coach. I remember being a coach on staff at some places where I was in charge. I was the communication guy. I was in charge of the talk. And I was just yelling, talk, talk, talk. And, and now I realize, well, what does that really mean? What right, do you want right. them to say? So we actually have terms that the guys are supposed to know. They're simple. And instead of just saying talk, you're supposed to be saying this. And everybody's supposed to be echoing it. And instead of me just yelling it or having that coach saying, hey, you're the talk guy today, Cody. We actually use a decibel system. It's on my phone. It's an app, which I highly encourage for coaches to monitor. What's the sound of your practice? How do you know your guys aren't loud? Do you, are you quiet enough to even hear them? So I know if it gets right, to right. a certain level, okay, like that's that's the level we need to get to. So if the gym is packed, we're, we're connected. And if we're not there, then I'm able to hold them accountable and say we're not loud enough because I'm looking at this. So just some some – eliminating those general things and giving more descriptive things. No, I think that's, I think that's so true. And and that's something I I know I've got to get better at. Uh, Another one for you, man. You're up by three, seven seconds left on the clock. The opposing team's basketball. What are you doing? Are you playing it out? Are you fouling them? Okay. Do I have any fouls to give? No. Okay. Well, I, 
I already know that you and I probably don't see eye to eye on this. I already know uh, that, well, one, I've already lost a game doing this. Uh, but, you know, my defensive philosophy just in general has always been take away transition and be solid in the half court. You know, make teams make tough twos. And um, so I'm going to basically pick up full court with token pressure. I don't want to allow, you know, a catch close to half court, you know, or deep on the floor. I want them to throw the ball in close to the inbounder. Um, and then obviously I'm going to switch everything, uh, but we're, we're going to play it out. We're going to contest the shot and uh, we are not going to foul. Um, and that's what I believe in. And I know it's controversial. There are coaches much better than I that go both directions. Uh, but I just, man, I've had so many instances in, in my career where, where we're just really bad at free throw box out. And uh, maybe that says a lot about, you know, that area of my coaching that I've got to get better in. Um, but I, you know, I don't practice free throw box out every day. I practice our principles defensively every day. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat there. But like I said, there was an instance this season where I'm down three with, I believe six seconds left and, um, kid made a, I mean, he made a heck of a shot at the buzzer with about six hands in his face. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I mean, my kids did exactly what I asked them to do. And so as a coach, I, I you know, what can I live, live losing with? I, I can live with that kid making that shot. For sure, man. And uh, that young man that made, made a basket with six hands in his face, can can you send me his contact information when you're done? Because that's incredible. I mean, we struggle with making just baskets with two hands in our faces. But six, that's I impressive. Mean, so it probably wasn't six, <laughs> all right? But but it, there, there were multiple hands in the kid's face. No, no he, he his dad is actually the head coach. Uh, Byron Wilson at Decula, who, who he's a great man, and and Bryce is a great young man, and uh, he, he made a heck of a shot. I I I I just hated he made it that day against us. Yeah, well, hey, I thought it was pretty unique that there were six hands, man. That's why I brought it up. But uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, moving on to this next segment here, man. Habersham County, Georgia, correct? That's where you are, Mount Airy. Is that in my right? That's it. Mount Airy, baby. Okay, a little bird in my ear told me that this is the hidden gem in the state of Georgia. So, you know, we need to uh, we need to make sure this is this is a national landmark whenever we uh, whenever we go down that way. But for our listeners, man, myself, never been there before, never been there before. Hopefully, we're going to change that. Well, that'd be nice, man. You give me a, a face mask and some some disinfectant, and I'll, I'll think about it. But, uh, <laughs> give us a restaurant. Good place to watch a game slash hangout spot and a nice place to take your family if I am in Habersham County, Georgia. Okay, well, I, I need to give a little plug for Habersham County, Georgia first. Uh, it is a hidden gem, okay? And the reason is it is right in the middle between the mountains and then the city of Atlanta. So you just get the best of both worlds, man. You can get to the mountains, but you're not in the sticks. You can get to the city, but you don't have to deal with the traffic. Uh, you know, it's just a happy medium. It's a great place to, to live and raise a family and uh, very accessible to so many places. I mean, you know, we're close to the North Carolina, South Carolina line. I can go on and on. But uh, dining wise, <laughs> we got some awesome restaurants, man. Uh, uh, one of my favorite restaurants is a place called Chicago's. Uh, amazing pizza, pasta. They got great salad. It's a deep, it's a deep um, dish. Know, Oh, I mean, come on, man. The name, it's, it's absolutely deep. It's, a, it's Chicago and Georgia. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. You, you would love this place. Right. Uh, but it's a great spot. Um, it's, a, it's an absolute wonderful spot. And they actually, ironically, open back up for, uh, for dining tomorrow. That's awesome. Uh, hey, can we, can we bookmark so this? Man, this isn't even in the script. This is a funny story here. Do you remember when we were in Chicago and I literally ate deep dish pizza for like three days in a row? <laughs> I will never forget it. In fact, uh, at first I was a bit weirded out, man. I can't lie to you. Hey. Well, it's one of my favorite places to eat. Shout, shout out to Giordano's, Lou Malnati's, and I don't even know the other place, but I, I enjoyed all of them. Thank you, guys. Man, oh, that that is hysterical. Man, what a memory. Man, oh, man, what a memory. Go ahead, man. Chicago's. So Chicago's, all right, uh, great place to watch a game. Uh, there's a little tavern. Uh, it's actually about a mile from my house uh, in downtown Cornelia, and um, it's called Big Daddy's. Uh, phenomenal wings, phenomenal tacos, uh, a million TVs. It, it, it's a good spot. 
Uh, and then a good place to take your family, man. Uh, there's a, a barbecue restaurant that I just, I mean, I grew up eating at. It's called Mickey Pig's Barbecue. Fantastic barbecue. Uh, the the husband is, is the barbecue guy, and the wife of the owner, she's from New York. She's the baker. They got an incredible bakery, cheesecakes, pies. I mean, mm-hmm. you name it, they got it. It's uh, it's a must eat at, man, if you were up here. Mickey Pig's Barbecue. Man, well, it seems like not only are you showing these people a lot of love, but they might need to show you some love back and, and get you on their advertisement team or something, man. You got me hungry. They they all treat me very well. They all treat me very well. Well, something tells me you're a very frequent visitor in all those places, so that's great. Uh, you, you do know my habits. <laughs> so yes, I am. Well, uh, as always, uh, we like to kind of leave guests with the final with the final words, man. So, do you have any for us? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is, you know, you know, really, obviously, you know, my belief is that everyone you know needs to find you know find their roots in Christ and. Uh, find that greater purpose. We all have one. Um, and then, you know, the, the things that you want to go accomplish, go accomplish them. You know, I think they're out there. And, uh, you know, you, you always talk about I'm not very good at, at receiving compliments. Um, I don't think you're very good at it either, if we're being honest. Uh, but I would like to take this time you know, just to say when, you know, when you first mentioned this idea to me, you know, not about me being on the podcast, but about you wanting to start a podcast. Uh, it just made total sense to me. I think, you know, all the giftings, and God's given you a lot of them, you know, you just have such a platform and uniqueness of, of connecting all different types of people, whether, you know, it be basketball coaches or not basketball coaches, uh, you know, and, and the vision of this podcast to really, you know, really cover just how different people create their own lanes in different professions. I think it's something unique and I think it's uh, much needed. And I think you are uniquely equipped to, uh, to host it and to lead it. And um, I'm just so blessed to one be on here, but, to, to you know, call you a best friend and, and to be able to have have spent life, you know, very closely with you for a year and obviously, you know, have, have only grown our friendship since. So uh, this is such an awesome thing. And you are you are just so so uniquely positioned to lead it. Well, I appreciate that, brother. I actually am pretty good with compliments. I'm working on it. Uh, but not like <laughs> likewise to you, man. And appreciate you being on. Uh, my last thing here, man, social media. How can people get in touch with you, follow you? Um, kind of hear some of these things that, that maybe you're putting out content you're putting out and, and just different things. So maybe if they want to connect with you. Yeah, no, I'm an open book. I mean, you know, I think we're all, we're all products of the people that have helped us get, you know, get to where we are. And, um, you know, probably the easiest way to, to, to connect with me is on Twitter. Uh, my, my Twitter handle is coach C Anderson. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously you can hit me up on there. Uh, send me a message and, and we can connect. I, uh, I'm, I really do. I, I feel strongly about, uh, you know, using, using the, the blessings that God's given me to help others. And I uh, would love to help anyone if there's anything I can ever do. Well, speaking like a true servant and, and a giver there, brother, but uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining me on the first episode of the create your own lane podcast and uh, man, stay safe down that way. And I wish you nothing but the best as you get started on year two and many blessings to you and your beautiful family as well. And uh, again, keep all those food places happy, man, because I need to come down there and uh, hit some of those up. I cannot wait for the day. Can't wait for the day. Love you, man. Send my best to your family. Appreciate you, man. Signing off.